Hey y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, week five of our summer of mentorship, a series we do in the summer where we take six episodes and republish them, great interviews with fantastic mentors that have maybe slipped into your archives and it's content we don't want you to miss or maybe you've forgotten it and you need to be refreshed and hear it again. So today's episode was an interview I did back when I would have a listener come on the show and share their struggle or what they were having a hard time with and then have a mentor come on and answer their questions or help them out. So in this episode, it is a That's Me, that's what I called those episodes. It aired in 2016 in February. It was episode 106 and it was about being really sleep deprived and needing time with Jesus, needing that quiet time, but not knowing how to make that happen. And so my guest is Jenny. She lives in England and my mentor is Sally Clarkson, who now lives in England, which I think is so cool. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Jenny, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Wow, Heather. Well, it's great to be with you today. Thanks for having me. All the way across the big pond. I'm going to copy your accent. That's so mean of me. I just, (laughs) I'm such a fan of accents. Everyone who's listened to the show knows this. So I'm so thankful that you reached out to me and you were willing to be on the That's Me show. So before we get into your specific topic, I would love for you to introduce us to your family and where you are, where you are. Okay. Well, um, I'm in Cambridge in England, not Massachusetts, <laughs> and you've just put your little boy down for a nap. I've just put my kids down for the night at 7.30 over here, mm. and um, I'm married to Guy. We've been married 10 years, and first and foremost, he is the best dad and the most best husband in the world. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for all the other girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Um, he's a PhD theologian. He did his PhD here. Um, he works half the week as a theologian. There are jobs for theologians out there. Um, he writes for, um, a Christian social policy think tank called wow. the Jubilee Center. What's it and called? Then the rest the, of the week. The Jubilee? The Jubilee Center. Okay. Yeah. They've been around for about 25 years. Yeah. And then the rest of the week he works on freelance writing topics, mostly on cryptocurrency. I cannot explain that to you. I don't understand a word he says about it. So he's a clever guy um, and he's had some flexibility and around the hours he's done. So he's been able to be a real hands-on dad. Um, we have two kids. Sophie is six. Um, she's a really sweet, sensitive little girl. She's definitely in the pink fluffy unicorn stage. Awesome. <laughs> and then my son, Joe, is four. And he's really easy to imagine because basically, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, the, yeah. the, the cartoon? Yeah. He, he is Calvin. Like... <laughs> The spiky blonde hair, the mischievous, the mischievous uh, attitude, the uh, the engineer's brain that has to take everything apart. Mm. That is my son. Okay, so they all sound awesome and lovely and amazing. So why did you even need me? I think the show's over. We can be done. We can be done. What? So what are you finding, Jenny, to be a hard thing about being a mom uh, right now? Uh, I'll give you a bit of history. I mean... I know I'm not the only one of your listeners who has struggled with sleep deprivation. Um, probably half the people listening are trying to keep the eyelids up. Yeah. Um, we've had it 
a very severe level of sleep deprivation for for a long time. It's not as bad as it was, but it's been very long running. My son was um, dairy intolerant in his first year, mm-hmm. and we didn't we didn't find that out till he was eleven months old. So between giving him solids at five months and eleven months, he was waking up seven or eight times every single night, screaming in pain. Um, and I'd have to nurse him back to sleep. He went through gallons of junior paracetamol. Nobody was diagnosing it correctly. It wasn't obvious uh, what was going on. Um, and uh, yeah, so a couple of months of that. And yeah, for a couple of months I coped. And then I was just plunged into really severe postpartum depression. It was really tough. And then he got better from that. We discovered what was going on. 48 hours later, we had a different baby. Everything looked great for a couple of months. He started to sleep better. And then his second year hit and he had a, a, a bunch of bugs, you know, little viruses in a row and started to limp. It was really strange. Mm. He'd been walking okay and he started to limp. And we went to see our family doctor and she was really on the ball. We're so, so blessed that she spotted what was going on. She said, you need to go see the pediatrician like directly from my office. I think I know what's going on. And basically they did some x-rays and found he had um, two abscesses in the top of his left femur. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know how it is. You look at an x-ray and an untrained, unmedical eye. In fact, you you must have seen x-rays in your job, but not not, um, not enough to know that. (laughs) Well, I mean, well, I mean, normally the untrained eye looks at an x-ray and you can't make head or tail of it. And they go, there's a fracture here. And you're like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I just looked at the screen was like, my goodness, there's like holes in my son's leg. Mm, um, mm. So, in fact, I mean, the care we had was amazing. He was on, he had a pick line put in. He had intravenous um, antibiotics every day for six weeks. Um, and we kind of assumed that his his digestion would be off during that time. But what we didn't know was that we'd have another six months while his gut recovered. So we had another eight months of terrible terrible sleep five or six wake-ups a night oh Uh, and by this time we were on our knees um not entirely in a praying way just uh you know so just saying i surrender i surrender enough is enough yeah yeah and god has brought a lot of good stuff out of that period of just total we are broken we we have nothing left here um but we ended up with a little boy with very poor sleep habits and then, you know, just started to recover from that. And then he just started to get these awful nightmares three or four times a night, was scared to go to bed. Mm. We'd pray for him. It didn't seem to work. And he was like, I don't like God because when you pray, the nightmares still come. And, mm. Oh, just so tough. So we are tired people. And, you know, life doesn't stop around you. And I, I I want to pray. I've had an adult faith since my early 20s and was brought up in a Christian home. And I know that what we face is easier with prayer and that's the direction to go. But I close my eyelids and my head just swims. You know, Mm. I'm either super distracted or just my ability to concentrate is completely shot. Um, So I know that we don't do faith with our heads entirely, but when your physical brain is tired, it's it's really hard to get to that point of quiet to just hear the voice of God and arrow prayers great and I know that you know we're under God's grace and that he's not giving me or demoting me or taking away points because I don't do my prayers right but mm-hmm. 
it's a bit like food. You can exist on snacks for so long and they can be nutritious snacks, but at some point you want to sit down and have a solid meal. And it's the mm. same when I read my Bible that just, oh, the my my focus is gone. Uh, mm. I mean, somewhere in there I had a brain once. I got a couple, <laughs> got a couple of degrees under my belt a long time ago, but mm. I'm just finding that that mismatch really tough. And there are days when it's okay. And then other days when you're like, I really need to talk to God. And you're just like, um, it's not even feel like I feel it's hitting the clouds. I'm, I'm not sure if it's even getting out of my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So our family recently went to family camp and I was unable to take the sponsor for this week's episode's products, the Function of Beauty shampoo and conditioner. And I'll let you know that my hair was different. I noticed Function of Beauty has sent me products and I am loving them because we all know we want to have a good hair day, but it's hard to do and we don't want to spend lots of money or time to get one. Well, Function of Beauty hair products are 100% customized to your hair needs. So you can turn your good hair days into a good hair life. What's fantastic is you go on their website, you take a quick but thorough quiz, tell them all about your hair type, whether it's straight, wavy, curly, coily, and then your hair goals, whether you want to lengthen, volumize, have oil control. Maybe your hair gets frizzy in the winter, but oily in the summer. When the seasons change, so can your hair goals. Just switch up your goals. They'll send you a new formula, and then you get to choose the color. I think this is the fun part for me. Choose the color and the fragrance or go no fragrance and dye free. Uh, This last time I went with a peach fragrance and it's so yummy. After the quiz, they're going to send you your 100% customized formula along with a card with recommendations on when and how to use their product. If you want to go check it out and turn your good hair days into a good hair life, go to functionofbeauty.com slash DMA to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash DMA. Let them know you heard about it from our show and get 20% off of your order. Functionofbeauty.com slash DMA. I can only imagine how many women are listening and raising their hands saying that's me. Yeah, (laughs) many women, um, whether it's sleep deprivation because of a newborn or like you, a child um, with just some hard medical issues and sleep, you know, just becomes a habit to be waking or nightmares. Or um, I know friends with children with autism or sensory issues and and, um, or just life (laughs) (laughs) or a spouse, Uh a spouse that's, you know, has medical issues or just, you know, the busyness of life and your brain feels foggy because you can't keep up mm-hmm. with it all and so then how do you even focus yeah to connect with god and oh such a great topic you brought up such well, a great and, and and knowing that it is important but that it, it is not a requirement mm-hmm. but it is for our benefit exactly yeah so what specific questions if you could ask a mentor who's gone through what you've gone through what would you ask her I think just sometimes any tips Um, and also, you know, looking back on that time, did, did it kind of dent their faith? Did it, Mm. do they feel it kind of 
held them back or did they just look back? And I, I can look back in previous times in my life when things seemed really tricky and where it felt like God wasn't very present. I look back and think, looking back, I can see his hand on that. Mm. Um, but this feels quite different to when my daughter was a newborn. I mean, that was that was tricky and it's a shock to the system, but it's just just coping for so long. And yeah, I brought it up as a topic because I know that there are so many reasons people can go through this and you have three newborns close together, for instance, you'd end up with the same period of time. It's just that length of time that is just so four years, four years of sleep deprivation, yeah. four years of feeling um, more foggy brained than clear minded. Yeah, yeah. Is the, so the, the, the real question here is um, with if with an extended period of time of not feeling completely sane, not sane is the wrong word, like completely focused and a bit able to connect with God in the way you you have in the past yeah has it made a dent long term on her faith yeah and how did how did she survive it how did she get through that yeah so I mean what specific tips what specific tips do you do you get through yeah that time yeah and to get to the other side because we know your son is every day growing we know this but the every day feels like forever Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone says the days are long, the years are short, but the days are long part is the part that you're in. And yeah. So yeah. how do you make it? Hey, Sally, welcome to a That's Me episode and for coming in and giving some insight to my friend Jenny. Oh, you know, I love being with you, Heather. I love everything you do. And I'm so happy to be with you today. Well, and what a great match that Jenny is in Cambridge, where you have had many children go visit England and study. So I just thought it was fun. And she was even talking about going and having tea when we were in our conversation. So I think I think y'all would be kindred spirits. I do. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I might so, even have a child at Cambridge next year. So <laughs> Oh, hey. So I'll have to hook you guys up. She could help you out. She's got connections. Her husband works at the Jubilee Center. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had some questions. She, I know that you have shared stories of children. I think you said asthmatic children you had and just mm-hmm. a lot of health issues and being up late. And I know just being a mom of lots of young kids, you probably had seasons of sleep deprivation. And she's just struggling with how it's impacted her faith. For four sure. years now, she's been in a sleep deprived state and she doesn't feel like her connection with God is where it was. And mm-hmm. she first wanted to know if you've ever had that, did it put a dent in your faith? Or now looking back, how mm-hmm. do you see that time? Okay. Well, I think that part of the problem is, um, and I totally understand her because my children were ear infected, asthmatic, and uh, Nathan didn't sleep through the night for four years. So oh my goodness. I, I totally understand that. And I think a part of the problem, at least for me, was that I was never trained or given the vision for that um, motherhood and having babies is almost like a battleground. I mean, it is a battleground. Mm-hmm. We're we're winning, you know. We're we're trying to cultivate this area of our lives when our children don't sleep and are sick. And I even think that sometimes, as I look back on it, after four children and raising all of them, 
I realized that a lot of what I was struggling with was perfectly normal. I mean, in other words, mothers throughout centuries have dealt with a lot of the stresses and sleep deprivation. And sometimes we are um, so hard on ourselves and and we feel guilty if we aren't perfect. And mm-hmm. so I think um, the first part of what I would say to her is just take a deep breath and know that um, that being exhausted and having difficult children or health children is in some families, at least mine, so common. And God knows your story and you are enough right as you are uh, that just to take the guilt off of you. There is this part in your heart that when you kind of take a breath and go, oh, this is the place, I talked about it last year a lot and on your life, but this is the place where God lives with me right here, right now, in my exhaustion. And He still loves me, and He still cares for me. Um, But the second thing I would say, and maybe some of this comes from me having a child who is in Oxford studying theology right now, and Joy has been there, and Joel might go back. And um, I think that England is is a very difficult place because Mm -hmm. there there isn't quite as much... um, of all of the evangelical emphasis, there might, especially in these big universities, you have all the way from very committed godly people to very secular people. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a lot of letters from my friends in um, in the UK um, that have said that they feel very alone in motherhood and in what they're doing. And I think that because God created us to have community, to have aunts and uncles and cousins and grandmas and people next door who could take your baby or people who would, um, you know, just in the natural course of your life, be able to give you a break and also be able to pray with you or bring you a meal. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in this very mediagenic isolationist culture where we are living alone without support systems without uh, older mentors or grandmothers or you know aunts and uncles whatever uh, and, and without knowing people in our church community who have our values and so we have become accustomed to living in a very foreign state of mind separated from what God intended us to have mm. and I've seen in my own life that when I don't have a real friend to hold my hand to understand me with all of my issues and problems and still love me who I can share with and fall apart with and pray with and have tea with and giggle with and eat chocolate with. And when I don't have a community of like-minded kindred spirits who understand me, uh, then actually, because God is present through people, through the people in His mm-hmm. in His um, world, he, we were supposed to be a, a conduit of His Holy Spirit to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, because we are missing that, then we oftentimes do feel like we're distant from God because we aren't feeling His love through people that are supporting us. We aren't feeling His encouragement through older women who give us courage. We aren't feeling instruction, and so we feel isolated and alone. And I have felt that way many, many times. But um, I would say in this short time that we have, that that's why I've been so committed over the years to trying to help women start small groups, even if it's one other person, uh, even if you leave your house a mess that day, but to go out to tea or coffee or have someone in and go through a book. Because 
when you go through books together with people or something that can give you vision, give you a common discussion, give you encouragement, then you help shape your own community because the person that you study with actually ends up having your values because you're shaping your souls together. Uh, so I would say that having building your own little community by initiating to someone and, and reading a book together, just having a regular time together, the more you feel the love of other people and the encouragement and the more you get a break, then the more you'll feel the love of God. I think that God is oftentimes in our lives directly connected to our soul rest, to our uh, emotional rest, to our even fun rest, that, that we can celebrate life and not always carry burdens. Um, another question I have is, do you have a friend group like in your church community or where you live that you can gather and pray with every so often? Yeah, I do. I've actually been in a prayer triplet that I was invited into since my since my daughter was a baby, actually. Um, we're actually down to, to two, but I have a prayer partner and we meet up once a month. And that is fantastic because I do find that praying with another person is always easier for me. I don't know how you find it, but yeah. I, I find it much easier to pray for other people. I had a friend tell me about this next sponsor. And so I was so excited that I got to try it for ourselves because with having boys, okay, I have four boys and you would think, wow, just keep passing the clothes down to the next boy. Well, clothes tend to have a short timeline (laughs) with boys. And so I can't always pass down the next thing. And I'm finding that they have unique styles and they don't necessarily want to wear what their brother wore. So I am loving the Stitch Fix Kids option. Basically, it's an effortless way to find affordable clothing that fits your kids and your budget. So they listen to your input what your child's style is and where they're going to wear their clothes. Maybe they have a uniform at school, so you only need some casual clothes or weekend clothes or church clothes, and they pay attention to what's important to you, making it easier to find clothes that are perfect for them and affordable for you. You can pick the amount of money you want to spend. There's no subscription required, so you get looks for back to school or automatic deliveries when you need to just freshen up their season, you're going to only pay $20, that styling fee for each box. And when you keep pieces in the box, that $20 goes towards the pieces that you keep. They have sizes from 2T to 18, and their prices start at just $10. Stitch Fix Kids is the easiest shopping experience. Their services help you find pieces that fit your kids and your wallet. So try it today at stitchfix.com slash DMA. You'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash DMA for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix stitchfix.com slash DMA. I know that my days go way, way, way better um, when I have the time of prayer. And even that time of prayer has changed uh, this past year. I've been meeting with a group and um, through that, and then I love how you called it a prayer triplet. Never even heard that term. You didn't say that? No. Oh, it's quite common, yeah. 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 
a, tr- a prayer yeah. triplet. Okay, so I met with a prayer triplet and just had this amazing time with God and just really heard from him and who he says I am and um, got rid of a lot of of things that just need to be healed. And since yeah. that time in my own one-on-one time with God, it's, I can feel his presence. I can, he's like right there with me. And so mm-hmm. it is, it is a different experience. Um, and I'm definitely awake for it. Now I'm not having the sleep <laughs> strains yeah. that you're having. Yeah. Um, but I find I, that's why I asked about being with other people, because I feel like that time with them, that prayer triplet and the group mm-hmm. time, um, it's almost like a, a reminder of what yep. can be and the connection that is available to me, um, uh, almost like God's sitting there. He's, he's always right there, right? He's always right yep. there, right yep. by our side, right? It's not like he's far, far, far away, but it's almost like a thick blanket can be covering me if mm-hmm. I'm in those seasons and I, we can say, oh, I don't hear from God or I don't feel God. And it's not so much that he's not there. It's that there is a, um, a heaviness weighing on us or something over us that is keeping us. And and it's not, and I yeah. think for you, yeah, literal rest would be awesome. Like finding, even if it you could, I know that money is never really growing on trees, but like finding um, an awesome uh, college or seminary student or someone who's willing to mm. get up in the middle of the night. I mean, those young kids, they've got a lot of energy. They could handle getting up five <laughs> times in the middle of the night. Um, to give you a break like four times a year uh, for like a Friday night to a Saturday lunch is huge for yeah. our marriage. We found like we weren't doing that at all. We we weren't going away because we thought it meant this long trip. But just mm-hmm. having like a, an overnight was enough to like reconnect and to recharge our spirits yeah. for yeah. just dealing with all the boys and all the challenges. So um so praying with a group, getting some rest, physical and um, and Bible study, the focus. Yeah. Bible study. And then um, what I was going to say, too, is not discounting the little breath prayers throughout the day. That there are plenty of those. <laughs> yes. Like that, that we don't have to have a lot of um, focus and deep thought to just call out on God and admit that it's surrender to him. So to call him by name and to ask what we need, Lord, give me peace. Father, um, be near whatever your name for him. And then what you need from him, that's a sentence. And that's all he really, he needs from you is for you to turn instead of turning in, turning out and to turn to him. I know this because you shared it in the email, but what part of your day are you dedicating to like focus, um, time on with God? Well, I'm, I'm in a Hello Mornings group. Um, for everyone who doesn't know, Hello Mornings is an online community that provides, um, accountability to help you get up before your kids or your life starts. So yeah, they've been fantastic. I have, um, I'm in a group all across Western Europe. Wow. Um, Yeah. We're in England, um, Bosnia, uh, Italy, Germany, loads of parts uh, mm. of Europe. In fact, one of the girls is in labor with her first baby right now. Oh my goodness. They've been an awesome group. I've been there for two years. I think I think one of the tricky things is first thing in the morning is good because mornings always happen. Um, so you know that that time is fixed, but I'm not very awake when it happens. So it may not be my best Bible study time for sure. Yeah. 
And when the kids when the kids were at home, I mean, certainly till last Christmas, uh, Joe would nap every day. Both my kids napped for a long time. I was very blessed with that. Um, so I would have my um, Bible study time while he was napping. And I was a bit more awake by then because I was three coffees in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it makes a big difference. It does. It does. Um, it does. But that time, you know, every day is slightly different now. I'm back at work part time. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just kind of frustrating. And I'm so tired that I'm not coming up with great creative solutions, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so have you ever, this is one idea that helped me when I was in the um, sleepy brain fog stage of life and my mind would yep. wander, I would start to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Have you ever journaled your prayers, like wrote them down instead of tried to pray in your head? You know, the funny thing is I did when my son was really small. I did okay. when he was a newborn. I don't know why I got out of that habit. I thought... I think we probably went through a patch where things were a bit better and, mm-hmm. you know, my prayer life was seeming to be on the up. And mm-hmm. then I, I'd i completely forgotten I used to do that. Isn't that crazy? No, I know. I, do, <laughs> I know because, you know, I've, I grew up like you in a Christian home and I've seen a variety of different things used. And yet yeah. I can get in rut or forget or um, yeah. tools that are at my disposal that I just uh, forget about. And so... Um, yeah. That was one that I found was helpful to keep my mind on it because <laughs> I was, I was, you know, the physical task, the handwriting portion yeah. Yeah. kept me awake. Um, writing it out helped me process what I was actually saying yeah. and yeah. Um, have a record of it, of where I was. And yeah, and, and it was amazing how it would turn to adoration, kind of like David. Um, yeah. Whereas sometimes when I'm just praying in my head, it would have turned into a me, 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 me party. So um, it it was more about how great he is that I wasn't even expecting to come out. Um, I also came across, just at the weekend, um, well after I knew I was uh, chatting with you, I came across something about, um, I think it's inductive Bible study. Uh-huh. Is that right? Uh-huh. Um, and putting symbols and stuff into yeah, the Bible. Like and- a K. Arthur kind of thing. Yeah, the, yeah, her name was on there, and um, I'd, I'd heard of it, but not didn't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. um, I had a blessed ten minutes to myself on Sunday, and I was like, "This would be really cool." So I was <laughs> going to print that out and um, and see if that helped. So yeah, 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 I've I did a K Arthur study of Acts mm-hmm. that was really fantastic, and it is it is helpful to have a focus, yeah, to have someone from the outside when your brain feels foggy. To kind of, to kind of guide yeah. you, um, yeah. I think I did that podcast episode with um, Lacey Dobriant on her color method, where she I has these pins. Yeah, and it kind of just helps you again focus on one thing. Um, I think those are great for studying the Bible. What was there anything you did spiritually to connect with God? And and I've heard you speak on this a little bit before, but that's outside of our traditionally minded disciplines. Because in her mind, she might be thinking since she's grown up in the church prayer and scripture reading. But I sense because she's around her young children, there's so much life and God's presence in that. What would you recommend to her to connect with God outside of that quiet time in the morning? You know, I I know that this seems really funny, but um, I even have it in the book we're going to be talking about later. But um, I think that somebody asked my daughter, Sarah, once, uh, Sarah, why do all of you kids believe in God? And Sarah said, I think it's because of French toast and maple syrup with pecans. Mm, And um, I think that sometimes we sequester God to what we know 
um, you know, a thought to be known or a theological box to be in or some kind of discipline. And honestly, if she's tired after four years of not sleeping, um, I've noticed that when I build things into my life where I enjoy the goodness of God, mm-hmm. whether it's, a, um, you know, that's why I, I kind of, because the world is so dark, I light candles and drink tea and coffee and put on music because I do everything I can to feel the presence of God. He created all these beautiful good things for us mm-hmm. to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And if you're always just doing your duty or doing work, uh, you become grumpy and you wonder why. And God yeah. is uh, gives the sunrise, the sunsets, and the stars. And I was reading a book yesterday. Uh, I'll quickly say this, but it was a book by Philip Yancey. But he was talking about hiking these 14ers, uh, which is mountains in, in Colorado. Yeah. And um, as he went up, he saw more and more wildflowers. And then he saw these marmots waddling by and the sun was sparkling and the the breeze was blowing. And he said, you just are transformed by the beauty and the goodness of God. Mm. And so many times our spirits are starving or dehydrated because we have lived such a technological, dry, empty, lonely life mm-hmm. that we haven't placed ourselves into a God who made puppies who are playful and uh, chili peppers who make uh, food interesting. And I feel like as she takes care of her whole self, her preferences, her personality, and fills herself up, uh, that's a way of praising God and just learning those short little prayers. God, have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. God, I love you today. Mm -hmm. Um, God, thank you that you care to communicate with me. Let me see your fingerprints in my life. And then doing it with celebration, with a friend, Mm -hmm. with uh, whoever. I don't know if that makes sense, but I do think that we isolate God to just this, you know, he just wants my spiritual discipline. And I think that he's a father and he's an artist and he's a musician and he is a humorist and he is a lover. And we have to really ask God to show us ways that we can cultivate that in our hearts. Yes. Also, for a lot of other mums, one of the things that can happen is that the exhaustion often does lead to some level of depression, even if it isn't, you know, yes. full on medical, medically recognized postpartum. It's yes. the the enemy uses that exhaustion to whisper lies, yes. and it does make things tough. And also, you don't make great parenting decisions when you're tired, and then you've got all that regret. And mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm so glad for the the wisdom that my mum in particular has spoken into my life and said, you know, God can forgive anything there isn't a ranking of sins and yeah we all fail and you know god can forgive that but it takes that kind of reaching back and remembering that yeah i screwed up again today and um it's one of the reasons i like your podcast because you're, <laughs> you're so honest um, um and there's mums around the country or well around the world in my case going oh yeah yeah, yeah i do that too yeah so yeah but we I think- all do it feels like there's so much more to repent of <laughs> and, you know you've got to plow through all that first so um yeah um, and you know that that creeping exhaustion just going there's no point you know, <laughs> the the verse that used to really bug me rather than um encourage you encourage me was he gives his beloved rest mm-hmm. and i'd be like um so god <laughs> not feeling too beloved right now <laughs> yeah know? Well, and I think we have to distinguish, I've found for myself, um, the soul rest and the soul rest. 
because there have been times when I'm physically exhausted, but at peace in my soul. And there have been times when I'm totally physically rested. I have no children waking me up and my soul is a mess. And that whole be still and know, like, it's just, I'm not still in my soul. I'm trying to fight instead of letting God fight for me. And so I think that, you know, a beloved finding rest doesn't mean that everything goes away or that you're comfortable and everything's wonderful. It's, um, you can have security knowing that your soul is secure in me. And that nothing can take that away from you and that any circumstances can never, can never rob you of that salvation. So I think, I think, yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound great when it's like, Hey, am I not beloved? I'm not feeling very (laughs) rested right now at all. That's not fair. Yes. yes. Oh, Jenny, such a great topic. I'm so glad you reached out to me. I'm so glad you shared your story. I love your kids and I've never even met them. They sound adorable. I'll send you a photo. <laughs> they, they were making gingerbread men today and it oh. all went horribly wrong. We had gingerbread limbs flying everywhere. <laughs> but they had a great time. Well, thank you once again. I'm so glad to meet you here over the web or whatever we call yep. this, the air. Yep. Yeah. All right. Have a great rest of your day uh, or your night. Your well, night. Evening to come and then... Uh, I'll be heading for bed in a couple of hours, so uh, <laughs> but that sounds good to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. It does sound good. Heather, it's right. been a pleasure. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you. Bye bye. So good. And she, right after our interview, sent me a picture of her adorable two kids making gingerbread men. Oh, super cute. So I think that I'm just turning her eyes to that, and and I can tell that your her question about does it dent your faith, does it negatively impact your faith to go through these seasons? I think that. Um, you are proof <laughs> that it doesn't, <laughs> it, it could, if you let it, but if you choose life and you choose life-giving things, mm-hmm. it can think, actually grow you, right? I, yeah. I think whatever you water is going to grow. Mm. And, um, I, I do have a resilience about me. I'm, I'm a, I'm not a very perfect person, but I'm kind of a Jacob. I will not let go of you until you bless me, God. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. I um, I struggle with it all the time. I've struggled with it this year because um, we've had so many people, friends with losses and uh, all the ISIS. And, and we've had several shootings in Colorado Springs. And mm. I'm exhausted from feeding my all my children who've been home for forever. Uh, this, <laughs> it's only this been 18 Christmas. days. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that I am in the habit of knowing that um, you know, hot baths, uh, time to, it's hard to walk here in the winter because it's so cold, but, you know, things that fill up my soul so that I can rest. And even having my son, Nathan, go today, we love each other, you know, so much. But I realized there is a, a little bit of space in my life that made me breathe. Mm. And um, so learning to manage our personal lives and knowing that that's perfectly okay with the Lord Mm. Um, is what will help us grow closer to him. So good. I can't wait for Jenny to hear your advice, I think. Oh, great. And for everyone listening who is raising their hand saying, that's me, I'm that person too. So thank you, <laughs> Sally, for being on. I can't wait to talk about with you some more. Okay, great. Part. Thanks, Heather. All right. All right. Thanks, Sally. So when we were at family camp this last week, it was so interesting with to me because we are there with lots of other families and several of the newer families to our week have children 
younger than my youngest child. And it all came back to me, the physical, exhausting stage of young children and the challenge of making time to connect with God, but how much you need it. And so I hope that some of the ideas Sally shared were an encouragement to you. If you want to hear more from Sally, of course, she has lots and lots of books. Uh, You can look up Sally Clarkson. We have links in the show notes. She has a podcast to be an encouragement to you as a mentor. She's been a mentor to so, so many. I know for me personally, she helped just refine and see my mom journey, less about just keeping people alive, but the discipleship potential of this position that God had me in as their mom. So if you want to go check that out, go over to her website um, and I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray for us to connect with God in our everyday. Lord, I thank you that we know your desire is to be present with us that from the garden in the beginning with Adam and Eve, you walked with them, that over and over and over throughout the Bible, you were with the people of Israel and you sent Jesus to be with us. And then when Jesus ascended into heaven, you sent a helper to be not just with us, but in us. And I pray, Lord, that when stress and challenges and physical exhaustion are real in our lives as moms, that in a moment we could remember that presence in us and with us, and that we could reach out to you in that moment, ask you to remind us of the help you have available, to give us a reminder of your love for us, to help us see how you're redeeming that moment, or to give us the patience to wait through whatever hard thing we are in right then. I pray that you would give us the strength, that you would give us the comfort in stressful and hard and grieving situations. And God, that you would be, as you promised, our ever-present help. And I pray for each mom and dad represented listening that they would recognize the power of relationship with you and that you are ready and willing to connect with them in any moment. And there is no shame or condemnation that comes with um, your relationship with us. You are so forgiving each morning is new mercies. And I pray we would lean into that, particularly as it applies to parenting. And Jesus' name, A. Men, thanks y'all for listening in today. I will meet you back here next week for our final week of the summer mentorship. And then starting in August, we will have all new episodes. I can't wait to share them with you as we lead up to the big book launch happening in October. Get excited, y'all. You can pre-order your Don't Mama Look Don't Mom Alone books now wherever books are sold. Um, I'm kind of pumped getting ready to get this book out there. All right, meet me back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. 
with faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again. Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.